0: Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we're chatting with Ken Weeb of the Winnipeg Free Press to figure out what's going on with the Jets. Why are they bad right now? Can they get out of this? Is it time to be panicked? Also, we chat with Brandon Alexander of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, recently signed a one-year deal to return to the club. That's all coming up on the podcast. Winnipeg Jets back in, back in action. Saturday night, a home game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. They look for some home cooking to cure what is ailing them for of these five losses in a row that they've had have been on the road. The lone home loss, that game against Toronto going into the break. So can we diagnose what is wrong? Ken Wiebe joins us from the Winnipeg Free Press. Uh, I guess, Ken, is, is it fair to say that the hockey we've seen the last couple games, is this the worst hockey of the season the Jets have been playing?
1: I think it's probably fair to say I mean that probably is a reminder the only thing that I would say was in the vicinity would be that game against CLA Kings but that was more of a demoralizing event after Gabriel Villardi got hurt in the first period I guess first period was okay but after that the Jets struggled there Uh, they've been had a lot of lopsided efforts and it wasn't necessarily their effort was poor in the second two last two periods but they just weren't ready for the start of either of the last two games and Uh, Their five-on-five play, which has carried them all year long, was not up to their standard, and you know that's—it's kind of surprising based on. You expect a little bit of rust coming out of the break, but I mean the Jets knew that both the teams they were going to face in the in the Pittsburgh Penguins and Philadelphia Flyers are both you know feeling a lot of urgency. One, one team below the line, one team trying to, you know, prevent others from catching them. So uh, I would expect we'll see a lot sharper uh, effort from the Jets uh, coming up on Saturday night. Uh, we know the Penguins are having an emotional game here uh, this evening over in St. Paul against a, a good friend of many on that team. Uh, you know, big emotional ceremony for Marc-Andre Fleury as they celebrate his 1,000th game and 552nd win. So, not saying that's going to provide any sort of letdown, but uh, I think it'll be interesting. They need to clean some things up. I mean, there a bunch of things are correctable. I mean, that first goal yesterday is a great example. Gabriel Velarde did everything right. He was the high forward, F3. Pinch happens, he gets in front of his man on the back check very well, but at the last minute he just kind of had a brain cramp and didn't tie up the stick of Tyson Forrester or get in the passing lane to prevent the pass across. So, um, you know, that that was an uncharacteristic play by the Jets, and then they didn't clean the the front of their net very well on the next two, and, you know, a shorthanded goal for a power play that's been struggling. That sort of uh, was the old uh, air out of the balloon kind of special there, I think. So, Uh, I would say I understand why folks are feeling a little bit of deja vu maybe, but I I don't see the Jets playing the same way that they played last year when things kind of fell off the rails. But uh, having said that, their offensive struggles uh, have been compounded. And anytime you only score 10 goals in eight games, you're making life very challenging and stressful for the men between the pipes. So uh, they're going to have to get that sorted out first and foremost.
0: Going into the break without Mark Scheifele was one thing, right? You're missing your best centerman. Kyle Conner had just come back. Filardi had to miss a couple games. They were a little shorthanded. And then they come out of the break. Everyone's healthy. There's now Sean Monaghan in the lineup. And yet we're still seeing the same issues. Is it just a matter of shaking off the rust, getting Sean Monaghan used to the team, or is there something more happening?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that. I mean, one of the biggest things, and Rick Bonus identified it uh, earlier in the week. I mean, the one thing that we're not seeing from the Jets is they're not spending as much time around the blue paint. I mean, they think they're still getting quality looks and chances, but you know, we think about Nino you know, Niederreiter going 15 games without a goal. I mean, there was a stretch of time, Christian, where you could measure, you could measure. Eight or eight out of the ten of his goals that he scored, you know, by inches if not, you know, feet if not inches, right? I mean, a lot of them were on the in the blue paint or, or around the blue paint. And Gabriel Villardi went through a stretch where he was living in the blue paint also and had a ton of backdoor tap-ins or rebounds. So, uh, I don't think it's a lack of, you know, I don't think it's a lack of will to get there. But the Jets have not been spending as much time there. Uh, another one of the things that I think I've identified, especially in the first two games coming out of the break, I don't think it was as big of an issue against the Leafs in those back-to-back games, but they haven't been able to get in on the forecheck and create that kind of chaos and you know have those long, extended offensive zone time shifts that we're used to seeing from them. So to me, that would be an issue. Uh, you know, the Penguins did a really good job of flying the zone the other day, and you know prevented the Jets from really. Uh, you know, creating a lot of confusion in the defensive zone, so I think that 's something where when the jets play up to their pace and speed, they can disrupt things in the offensive zone, and they haven 't really been do- they 've been chasing a little bit too much for me uh, in terms of their stylistic play Christian, but I mean in terms of shot generation and quality chances i mean that I think there's another level for them to get to, and some of that is cohesion lines we know there 's been a little bit of juggling and yeah, I think Monahan's been totally fine in the first couple of games, and I think he has, you know, I think he had five shots in net the other day, so he was very involved. Uh, but I, I like what they're going to do, and I, I, you know, I would imagine that Rick Bonus, even though he was non-committal in his answer after the game, I expect him to go back to Connor, uh, Shifley, and Ehlers, and then you're going to see maybe Gabriel Velarde slide onto that second unit with uh, Cole Perfetti uh, and Sean Monahan. I think that that. I would go with the speed line, and then I would, you would go with the line where, you know, you got Velarde's ability to win board battles, get to the net, and then have him play with, you know, two very cerebral players and uh, sort of see what happens from there. But, yeah, it, it's it, the offensive well doesn't usually dry up with, you know, half, half of the forward group, right? There's a lot of guys in extended droughts here. And, you know, I would think it's just a matter of time. We know they have a lot of skill there, but... Uh, they've got to generate a little bit more offense, and you know we're not seeing as many rush chances from the Jets right now either, but that's also a reminder that they got to get to the net and get greasy goals, like the one that Travis Connecty got like not a lot of times you're gonna bank a shot off the defenseman's pants, but when you go to the net and get pucks to the net, sometimes that's all it takes and as Adam Lowry pointed out, post game too I mean sometimes you get a greasy one and then the dam breaks, and you know it wasn't that long ago, you know two games ago the Jets were. 10th in the NHL in goals so it's not like this team doesn't know how to score goals but right now they seem to be second guessing themselves a little bit rather than playing instinctually where you know you're maybe passing when you should shoot and shooting when you should pass and I think that's something that can be easily correctable as well you just got to trust your instincts and and get back to sort of back to the basics if you will.
0: I feel like we need to see urgency tomorrow uh, out of the gate from the Jets the first period's this season are generally low event involving the Jets. They don't score a lot in the first. They don't allow very much in, in the first period. But the last two games have been rocky to start. They've fallen behind and haven't been able to recover. Scoring first is always important. It might be too cliche and reductive to say this, but I feel like scoring first is maybe even more important than ever for them tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was looking back at that. It definitely, we know it was an issue in the last two, but I kind of wondered how far it stretched back. And, you know, the game against the Leafs, the home game, they actually did score first. And so it's not that long ago that the Jets did score first. And, you know, they had a, their inability to kind of extend the lead against the Leafs, I think, was, it was sort of their undoing in that home game. But, no, I, I mean, they got to be sharper. I mean, they're just seeing some you know, mistakes that weren't getting made earlier on in the season. We know it's a long season, it's a marathon, all of those things, and every team goes through tough patches. But right now the tension has arrived for the Jets and, you know, the difference between urgency and panic is the line is very thin. So I agree with you. You need to play urgently, but you can't be playing overly aggressive and you make you know, get out of structure and all of a sudden you give up a two on one and all of a sudden the puck's in the back of the net and then the team is chasing the game again. But they kind of need to get back to their foundation, which is defending well and creating offense from playing structurally sound defense and, you know, getting to the net. That that was their calling card when they got off to the great start, when they had their outstanding December of, you know, 10-1-3, and, and, you know, I think that month kind of set unrealistic expectations for the group, but at the same time, they are a good hockey team and they're going to need to start playing like one again, and I, I don't think that the... It's. I don't think that they're that far off, but at the same time, I don't think that they've had their A game or A plus game for you know a considerable amount of time. Even though, you know, I think the first period in Toronto was great, and then the, you know, uh, penalty trouble got them, you know, unraveling, and then they had a you know strong first against the Leafs in the home game, but then they kind of let them back in the game. So, uh, they haven't had a 60 minute effort of their A plus game for quite some time, and you know that now now you're getting pushed. Now you got to respond with. Some of that urgency that you mentioned,
0: adversity can be good for a team for sure. And the way they can come out of this—if they go, you know, six and three in their next nine games—then this could be what pushes them towards a great finish of the season. But they, they, they have it on the racket. They can go out and do it, or they can right. continue to lose games. And then every, with every passing loss, Ken, the the questions from us will probably continue to be: Hey, the, remember what happened last year? Why does this seem to be happening again?
1: Yeah, that whole the, the easiest way to get rid of a narrative that you don't like if you're a professional sports team is to erase the narrative. And in this case, the easiest way to do that is by playing good hockey or better hockey and getting a few wins here, whether that's, you know, I wouldn't say the Jets need to go old school and rely on their goalie to steal a game, but, I mean, excellent goal. T- they've got the best tandem in the NHL right now in terms of, you know, goals against. So uh, I would just like to remind people too, Christian, and something that, when when we think of the Vegas Golden Knights, we think of them lifting the cup in June. Nobody, or very few people remember that they stumbled mightily going into the All-Star break last year, but they found a way to pull themselves out of it. So I'm not saying there's a parallel there, but we have recent evidence of a team that went on a very long and successful run, uh, didn't look like themselves going into the break last year, came back with a fresh outlook and, and sorted themselves out. So now the Jets are two games in. Now no excuses about, you know, being off for 9 days. You know, we've all we've heard about no, you know, solutions, no excuses. Now it's time for the Jets to start showing some of those solutions and you know, we'll find out what this team is really made of. I I do think they will pull themselves through this. They're I think they're too deep not to. And they've committed to the structure for a longer period than last year already, and I don't see them abandoning their style or you know, kind of going back to the snake charmer offense where they can only score off the rush and, you know, you're making high danger or low percentage high danger plays. I don't see those things creeping into their game, but they definitely need to elevate their game and they have the players to do it, but ultimately it's up to them. The best way to quiet the, <laughs> the outcry is to get back to, you know, their foundation of how they've played before and, you know, now it's up to them to do that.
0: Can this team win the Stanley Cup if their special teams continue to be what they are right now?
1: Yeah, it's a fair question. Uh, generally speaking, a team needs at least one of their two special teams to be rolling, and they don't necessarily need to be top five or top ten. But to have both your special teams in a funk and struggling in the bottom third, it will be challenging. And you know, we, this is one of the worst stretches the Jets have gone through. I don't have the numbers in front of me, Christian, but I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of two for 34 or thirty I think it's actually two for 37 in the last 11 games. I mean, that's simply not going to be good enough to get it done. If you are going to struggle mightily, I think I, I want to say that Boston Bruins struggled in 2011 on the power play. but
0: They did in the playoffs. Get, yeah, they in the seven-game series against Montreal, they won without scoring a power play goal and were the first team ever to win a seven-game series without scoring right. a power play goal. And it wasn't great over the course of the playoffs. It got better in the Stanley Cup final because of how many goals they scored on Roberto Luongo in Boston. But the point remains, you can win the Cup, but the penalty kill was very good.
1: Right, exactly. And that's what I mean. So the, the the problem, if you have both, you know, it used to be, coaches would say, if you get both, when you combine add the two things, you want to be over 100, it kind of went closer to 110 in the last five years, maybe, or the last decade. But... You know, generally speaking, it, you make it awfully difficult on yourself when you struggle on both of those special teams. And Christian, that, that's also pro- part of the problem for the drought that they're going through. You know, everyone goes through some tough times when it comes to five-on-five play over the course of the, year, of the season, but that's when you need to lean on your power play to kind of push you through. And, you know, if you get a bunch of 2-1 games, you've got to get at least something going on the power play. I would say I thought their puck movement was much better Yesterday, in comparison to Tuesday and some of the other nights that we've seen, and the penalty kill was much better. And, you know, of course, they did need that paddle down save by Lauren Bressois and Noah Cates to preserve the clean sheet. But, you know, they survived a 53 second five on three. That's something that they can try to build on for a team that, you know, I would say they they didn't get out of structure in the two goals that they allowed against Pittsburgh. Those were two kind of bad. One was a bad bounce that hit Nate Schmidt and landed on Jeff Carter's stick. And the other one, I mean, Sidney Crosby is one of the best players to ever play the game, but there's no way that he planned on towing that pass to Jake Gensel. So it wasn't like they left the lane wide open. It was kind of a bit of a odd oddball play. But having said that, you know, the team has to, if the Jets want to pull themselves out of their special teams' woes, well, they got to kill more penalties and occasionally you know kick one in uh, not literally speaking but they've got to get some power play goals. I mean they're they're in a rut right now with that and they got to find a way to get out of it. And I do think that like I said, having Sean Monahan in that bumper spot, I do think that that's going to lead to more shot lanes opening up for Kyle Connor, for Josh Morrissey, for Mark Shifley, for Gabe Velarde in front. But right now they're they're sort of, you know, they need to move the puck crisper like they were last night. And if they do that, I think they'll find a way, you know, again, Ehlers hits a crossbar post. I mean, that's the difference between, you know, one for two or whatever else is that's a, that's a big difference. Right. But uh, they have the weaponry and like, they've got a lot of creativity. They just can't be static and in one spot and predictable. That's been their biggest problem for the majority of the year. Uh, We've seen some signs and we'll see if those signs lead to some results.
0: Ken, appreciate your time as always. Thanks for this, and we'll see you at the rink soon.
1: Sounds good, Christian. Thanks for having me, and uh, have a great weekend here.
0: As Ken Weeb, you can find his work with the Winnipeg Free Press. Winnipeg Blue Bombers have been signing a lot of players. Over the past couple of weeks, a lot of them have been on offense like Brady Oliveira, Dalton Schoen, Chris Trevler. They get the headlines, but Jake Thomas is back. The Hallets have re-signed. And Wednesday night, the news came out that Brandon Alexander had agreed to come back for another year in blue and gold. 30-year-old safety has been a mainstay of the Blue Bombers' defensive backfield. Played in 17 games last season. Had 41 tackles and a pair of picks. Leading to his second career nod as a West Division All-Star. Earlier today, I caught up with the Florida native. He's now spending his off seasons in Winnipeg, and because I'm an expert in small talk, I had to mention how warm the weather's been. Must be nice for a Florida guy like him.
2: Uh yeah, this year has been uh, just been pretty good. Like you know, we had some plus here in January. You know, so uh, it hasn't been that bad. I know it's going to uh, get cold here in a little bit, but uh, uh, it's been pretty pretty decent so far.
0: I mean, you're from Florida, so you you get asked the questions about oh, you get to play in Winnipeg. It's so cold there, but you're used to it now, right?
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean uh I mean for the most part I don't think anybody get used to this type of weather, but uh I mean I could suffice. You know, I could be around and uh it, it really doesn't bother me that, that often no more. Uh, all you gotta do is really just dress up warm man, and you're pretty you'll be pretty much good.
0: How many off seasons has it been now since you started spending most of your time in Winnipeg? Uh,
2: be it'll be three. It'll be three now.
0: Okay. And how different does that make your life living here more full year-round now compared to when you used to split it between the states and Winnipeg? Uh, It
2: makes it a little bit uh, different. I mean, definitely the climate is definitely a huge difference. But other than that, I mean, people are people. And, you know, the food is all the foods and stuff like that. Everything is still, you know, uh, the same in a different form. So it hasn't been that bad. All
0: right, so... Was there any hesitation for you to want to come back to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for another year?
2: Uh no, no there wasn't no hesitation at all. Just wanted to uh I just think during the contract times, you know, contracts are uh, it could be very touchy and emotional situations uh for for everybody. So, uh no, it wasn't no hesitation of wanting to leave or anything like that at all. Um since I've been here, I, I've uh, been blessed to to play for Winnipeg. So, um, you know, for them to you know still want me around and keep me around and, and find a way to continue to uh, do that, then, and, um, you know, I'm appreciative. Of it. It's all good.
0: So the fact that it took till February seventh, then that's not an indication of anything. That's just that's just how the process went.
2: That's just how the process goes for me. You know, um, I've had previous times where I waited to the last minute, or it's been to the last minute. Um, you know, that's just how my situation got handled. My, my story is, uh, is being written. So, uh, you know, it, it, it couldn't have came out a better the time. You know, uh, it could have been earlier, it could have been later, but uh, it came at the right time, and, uh, you know, that's all, that's all that matters.
0: From your perspective, what are you working on to improve the most in this offseason? I'm just...
2: You know, be a better football player. You know, off the field in terms of you know being able to communicate with people and uh, communicate with the guys, and uh, you know, just work on you know just field drills. You know, being able to uh, you know have better open field and, uh, uh cover better to be able to do those things, so you know they can uh, put me in more situations and uh, and uh, you know, what I've been working on as far as you know the football side of it and. and Uh, Just you know, just you know, communicating with the guys, like I said, just uh, you know, even through now. So, um, yeah, that's that's it.
0: Jordan Younger, now your defensive coordinator. Uh, What is he like as a coach? Uh,
2: I mean, he's uh, he's like direct. He's he's very direct. He's not gonna like um, think one way or another. Like what he tells you is what he tells you. You know, um, and he's going to make sure that you know the defense from top to bottom. I mean, he's uh, very, very gifted at that and um, able to uh, make those adjustments as well. So um, uh, I wouldn't want another coach. I mean, he's been there since 18 as well, so I wouldn't want uh, another coach.
0: When you've been with a a position coach for so long, now he's your D coordinator, what kind of camaraderie is there uh, in the locker room?
2: Well, you got, you got, a it's, it's an understanding, you know, it's, uh, like you understand where he's coming from. We understand, he understands where we're coming from. Uh, he's dealt with a lot of guys in the locker room for a while now as well. So, uh, I mean, there's guys that's here from 18, 19, 21, you know, so it's been guys there for a couple of years that, uh, that we know each other very well. So it makes it a lot easier. It makes it uh easier to work with. It makes it easier to have fun, um. And we know that you know anything that he's going to implement is going to be uh going to be fun as well. And I know that uh, uh, him and Richie are still you know having a good time together, being able to put some cook some things up for us. So, um, uh, yeah, it just it makes everything easier to be honest with you.
0: Have you watched the Grey Cup game?
2: Yeah, I watched it a number of times.
0: Did you watch the film or the game broadcast? Because I've talked to some of your teammates, and a lot of them have said they've watched the film, but they haven't actually watched the TSN broadcast.
2: Yeah, I uh, I, I watch the film. I don't I don't really watch the TSN broadcast. Uh, only time I'll do that is uh, during you know if I'm watching an opponent uh, during that weekend. Uh, you know, if we're playing like next week or something like that, or on a bye week, you know, I watch the TSN copy, but. As far as our games, uh, I really don't watch the, the TSN copies of our games.
0: Okay, so what did you see on film from the Grey Cup game?
2: Yeah, I, I don't think nobody necessarily played bad. I just don't think we played good enough to win. I know that sounds like very regular answer, but uh, I believe that to be true. You know, I think that uh, we just didn't play good enough to win. You know, there was – and we had uh, – you know, a couple of balls that could have went either way and, uh, they got most of those, you know? So, uh, we had opportunities to make, to make plays and at certain moments, we just didn't make enough plays. You know, uh, we made numerous amount of plays, but we didn't make enough for, for the game to turn around in our favor. So, uh, once again, I don't think we played bad at all. I just don't think we played good enough to win that night.
0: Is it a motivator going into the season, having made it so, so close, back-to-back years to you know maybe even a four-peat but here you are now still trying to get back there and, and win for the first time in a few years
2: uh whatever that gets anybody going uh you know that, that might be a little bit of a motivation I think the motivation is just the fact that you know I get out go out and I have a chance to play you know football you know um playing sports is, is not a long career so uh to be able to do that still and going into year seven for myself you know that's that's the motivation in itself right there you know um and you could have said the same thing as, as last year's was last year or two years ago motivation for the next year well i mean you know we went back to the great cup and the same result kind of happened you know uh kind of the same things happened throughout that game weirdly enough you know so um no nah, you can't really take anything from last year and, and think that it's going to change it this year you know you only do what you can do this year so uh, the motivator is the fact that you know I get an opportunity again to go out there and showcase my ability with the guys. So uh, that's all the motivation I need.
0: So a lot of the signings the last few weeks have been on offense. Brady Oliveira, Dalton Schoen, Chris Streveler is back as someone on the defense. When you see the offense loading up like that, what's your reaction? Because the offense has been so good for so long with within your time here.
2: Uh, yeah, practice gonna be fun you know, it's going to be exciting, Practice it's going to be great, you know, as it always been, you know, um, um, to be real, even before, before they became the big names and the, and the big guys on the offensive side, you know, when, when they just got in the league, they were still those guys, you know, um, they had to find a ways on the field and, and they did. So, um, they're doing, they're doing well, they're doing good. And, um, uh, you know, I'm just happy for them. You know, I'm happy that they're they're able to come back and uh, we're we're locked and loaded. I know that Zach happy over there that has a whole bunch of pieces around him to to be able to get the ball to and uh, and it's looking well right now.
0: So you mentioned uh, that you've been working out in the off season, of course, but also writing, uh, your big music guy. So what have you been working on?
2: Uh, another project uh, that to, to come out. I don't really have a specific date. I had one uh before but um uh, it's gonna go ahead and, and move to sometime this year it'll definitely come out this year but uh on another project and um see how many uh projects I'll put out this year I only been doing like once or so maybe uh twice a year that I'll put out a project but I'll maybe uh give out a little bit more at this time so um uh but definitely it'll be a project this year and that's what I'm working on
0: how important is having an outlet like that for your creativity to take a break from football and channel it into something else
2: Oh, uh, it's very important for me, you know, um, it's a place where I can go in. Um, I enjoy just as much as I do playing football, you know, so uh, it's a place for me to, to unwind. It's a place for me to, uh, you know, be myself, be free, just like it is in football. So, um, yeah, it's definitely important. I found, found another avenue for me to be able to um, uh, to still be myself uh, and, and not think twice of it.
0: Do you ever play your own music in the locker room?
2: Uh, me personally, no, but, uh, some of the guys will play it because, you know, they like some of my songs and stuff. Like, uh, you know, it's not like a force or anything like that. They go and they check out the music and be like, yo, I really like this song and they'll play it in the locker room or, uh, they'll play it in their car or in their headphones or whatever the case may be. So it is, it is cool to hear that. You know, it is, uh, it, it's cool to hear the, the songs in the locker room or somebody comes to me and say a lyric or something like that. And, uh, 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 I'm blessed to hear all those things. You know, I worked hard on those things and for for somebody to like it. You know, it's uh um uh makes me happy. So,
0: so when you you, you hear the song in the locker room, then you're you're probably thinking, oh dang, it's it my, that that's got to feel gratifying that what you're doing is connecting with people.
2: Yep, yep, yep. That is um that's very true. You know that uh that my music it, it can you know uh, touch somebody in a way that um. Uh, you know, I thought that it wouldn't, you know, my music can reach out to, to, to more. So it is exciting and it is uh, fulfilling that, you know, I hear my music being played just off of uh, purposes because they, they enjoyed the song, you know, and that's, that's what the purpose was, was for uh, people to enjoy it and enjoy it how I enjoyed making it.
0: Well, Brandon, appreciate your time. Thanks for this and uh, best of luck as you get ready for the season.
2: I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell. Until we meet again. On, and
2: thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you.